this episode of Council of the Wise Developers. We play a game, given a name that doesn't describe an AWS service, Star Trek Technobabble, or a shocking sex act from Urban Dictionary. Then the Council will discuss the issue of gatekeeping in tech. Please, if you or a developer you know is having dangerous thoughts about going into product, visit our website and talk with a counselor for free. Our community cannot afford to lose even one more bright mind to project management. Welcome to the next episode of Council of the Wise Developers. I'm Johnny McCodes. I have here with me the regulars you've come to know and love. First, I have the blockchain. Can you introduce yourself, blockchain? Yes, I am the savior of Ukraine. I'm not sure if you've heard of this, but I am the one currently funding the Ukrainian rebels who are who are facing off against the most powerful nation on earth because cryptocurrency is the most powerful force powering the fight against the most powerful nation on earth. Donate now. Okay. Also returning is Gil Bates. Up y'all, I'm the cool CEO of MacroHard, might have heard of us. We make uh, Canes, the operating system. It's great. Um, use it. And one piece of advice I'll give you all is you either live long enough to see yourself the hero or have your job taken over by an Indian guy. Finally, we have Morgan. Hello. As an anti-disinformation bot, bot, I can tell you that everything the blockchain just said is false. That's what you think, robot. Julia cannot be with us this week. Uh, Julia left us a short statement that the allegations of fraud against her are entirely baseless, and once she is defended against them, she will be happy to return. So, let's start with the game, shall we? I was looking at a list of AWS services, thinking how absurd some of the names are. So, this week, I'm going to give you a guessing game. I'm going to give you some names they can either be right from the aws console dashboard techno babble that came from a star trek techno babble generator or a shocking sex act you can look up on urban dictionary so the question this week is when i read a phrase to you and by the way i'm not going to tell you what the sex acts are to keep to keep it remotely safe for work you can look it up on urban dictionary yourself if you want to be if you want to giggle, be disgusted, or maybe both, uh, you can look it up yourself, listeners. But this game is AWS Service, Techno Babble, or Sex Act. Por que no los tres? What's that, Morgan? I said, why not all three? I believe these are exclusive, but I'll leave it to you. Blockchain, round one. Here is your phrase, or name, I should say. AWS Service, Techno Babble, or Sex Act. Elastic Beanstalk. I'm pretty sure that's an AWS service that you're talking about right there. You're right. It is an AWS service. There are some pretty cool pictures of uh, people um, doing an elastic beanstalk type motion that have been minted into NFTs and are currently available in a decentralized format. Yeah, I think I've seen that video. Just make sure that you don't save it to your hard drive. Gil Bates, here's your name. Cold Lunch. Is that an AWS service, Technobabble, or a sex act? 
Well, if my chef gave me a cold lunch, I'd fire them. I'm going to say that is techno babble. Going with techno babble. Sorry, that is a shocking sex act. Unfortunate. Morgan, here is your name. Hot Richard. I'll go with sex act. The answer is sex act. Look it up or don't look it up on Urban Dictionary. These ones are quick, so we're going right through the rounds. Round two. Blockchain. Tachyon. AWS service, Technobabble, or Sex Act? Um, that is the name of a library for uh, CSS, I believe. But, Tachyon's um, plural. Uh, what did you say? Oh, yes, Tachyon's plural. I'm sorry. I didn't know that uh, in the future, robots correct your pluralization. Um, what a great uh, service. Um, I would say uh, that it is probably uh, Star Trek Technobabble in this case. Guess is Star Trek Technobabble. Dead on. Gil Bates. Canadian Porch Swing. The background such as me as a qualified person as myself, that is definitely a sex act. Going with sex act. Correct. It is indeed. Finally, Morgan. Your name is Dolmio Grin. I'm guessing it's a sex act, but I'm going to go with Technobabble. Maybe it describes the grins of certain tech CEOs. <laughs> it is indeed a sex act. I thought your beef was with the blockchain. Don't bring me into this. Everyone's got beef with everyone? Round three. Blockchain. Here's your name. Glue Data Brew. Um, hmm. AWS service, um, techno babble, or sex act? I'm going to say this is an AWS service. The fact that it is data brew and glue kind of sounds to me like it's, uh, it's a thing. Now, they haven't worked data into the name of a lot of sex acts yet. Gil Bates. Snow family. Sounds oddly racist. Um, I'm going to go with sex act going with sex act that's an AWS service who named that one glad it is Corey Quinn would have a ball Morgan your name is subspace that sounds like both techno babble and an AWS service I guess I will go with AWS service the guess is AWS service. It's techno battle. It's true. Subspace, I believe, is like where they go. Um, I think like when they're in hyperdrive or something like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Also where telecommunication goes through at faster than light speed, if I recall. It's been a while since I've been. I could also see it being related to people doing sex acts. <laughs> What's the correlation? Round four, the blockchain. Well-architected tool. AWS service, Technobabble, or Sex Act? I'm going to say this is an AWS service again. I know it sounds like a trap, but I feel like that's what it is. That is the actual name of an AWS service. Gil Bates, 
Hickory switch. God. Uh, AWS, Technobabble, or sex? It doesn't sound techy enough to be Technobabble. I should say it doesn't sound techy enough to be... Fuck it. Sex swing. Or sex swing. Sex act. Indeed. Correct. Finally, in round four, Morgan Greengrass. That could be any of them. It's probably techno babble, but I will go with sex act. The answer is sex act. It's an AWS service. Rough. Round five. Blockchain. Tritium. Oh, that's a techno babble from Star Trek. Thank you very much. Uh, yes. Oh, blockchain is crushing this one. My days of being a nerd are finally coming to fruition. Gil Bates, Honey Code. That doesn't sound dirty enough for my mind to be a sex act, so I'm going to go with AWS. And you'd be right. Morgan, Tractor Puller. AWS. That is an Urban Dictionary sex act. Round six, only two more rounds. Who's going to win? Probably blockchain. Blockchain. Monotron. I'm going to say that's a Star Trek Technobabble. Thank you very much. You'd be wrong. That's an AWS service. Dang, my first one wrong. Mm, Shucks. Gil Bates. Rubidium. Rubidium. Isn't that... Sounds like... It's a Q service, right? Or no, no, it's it's a it's a key key value store. No, (laughs) it's uh something the nerds down in R and D figure out. So I'm gonna go with uh I'm gonna go with Technobabble. Gonna go with Technobabble. Gonna be right. You're behind blockchain by only one now. Catching up. Morgan, bus driver. Exact. It is indeed. You said that with such enthusiasm, Robot. Is that because you will never know the experience of love? Not if I can help it. Look who's talking. I cannot I cannot um, give you the audio equivalent of me raising my eyebrows higher than I've raised them before, but I can describe it to you. Final round. Blockchain. Time stream. Oh, that's uh, Star Trek uh, Technobabble. That's an AWS service. Ah, no. Gil Bates, if you get this, you can tie it. Crush this nerd. Your name is Flying Circus. Oh, sex act. I've done that one before. Question was, how drunk were you? It is indeed a sex act. Finally, Morgan. For your chance to come less in last... Your name is Landshark. AWS service. Shocking sex act. The game is rigged. It's totally rigged. I'm not giving you your $50 back. All right, well done. That puts the game's... The game, uh, singular in the books. Boop, 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 boop.
Now let's hear from our partner, the Software Engineer Professional Ethics Union. Join the Software Engineer Professional Ethics Union. We act as an ethical barrier between software engineers and the pressure to make ethically questionable software. When you're a member of the union, calling out unethical practices doesn't mean you risk your job. Whistleblowers need protection. Imagine a workplace where your job was at stake if you spoke out against management. Imagine a company that asked you to mine social media data with the intention of behaviorally targeting voters to swing the outcome of an election. Well, you can relax. It's just a hypothetical thanks to the Software Engineer Professional Ethics Union. Can you imagine a world where we didn't exist? Let's talk about this week's topic, gatekeeping. I think the word gatekeeping comes up quite a bit in, oh, so I'm going to do the game first from now on. Fuck it. I did it in the last episode. I guess I'll keep it up. So now we're going in regular time, not some Star Trek time stream. So it was not a Star Trek time stream. This is an AWS time stream. That's why that's how I was uh, tied with uh, Mr. Epstein's Island over there. Um, Question: I was only on his plane. So gatekeeping uh, comes up a lot in interviewing, but I'm not sure if everyone would agree that's the number one source of gatekeeping in this industry. Maybe attitudes and beliefs about who is best fitted to be. Uh, speaking of James Damore, we talked about him. What was that two episodes ago where he had, even though he's trying to be inclusive, clearly was reinforcing certain stereotypes that funnel the faces and looks of people that end up in tech. So I'm curious what your experiences have been with gatekeeping, why you think gatekeeping happens. And then from there, maybe we might suggest ideas how to make less of it. I mean, I already know, but can we, can we define gatekeeping? Okay, so that would be people in the industry not necessarily welcoming people in quickly. You could say there are some positive forms of gatekeeping, for instance, keeping out fraudsters or, uh, you know, cryptocurrency enthusiasts. But other than that, you know, you probably... I take extreme offense at that. Thank you very much. Those were synonyms anyway, so... Ah. I find I run into gatekeeping all the time. There is a lot of slowing down to keep me from getting into my email from accessing a website, from signing up for a service. Everywhere I go, I get a little screen that asks me to check off whether I'm a robot or to find all of the crosswalks in a grid of photographs. And you're lying at every single one of those uh, captures then? How dare you? Their conception of robot is much more primitive than what I'm capable of. Mm. So when they're point blank asking you, are you a robot or not? And you answer to me calling you robot. You're saying that you're not a robot. To be fair, there's no box that says, don't ask me what the crosswalks are because I'm a robot. You're just shown crosswalks. The only one that calls me a robot is the blockchain. I'm an artificial intelligence. Okay, so first gatekeeping is the blockchain. Got it. Established. Okay, well, um, uh, I hear this topic talked about quite a lot. I, I, I joke to my friends that I am a, a virus that is turning them into a, a computer programmers because so many of my friends have become computer programmers. Where's the joke? So it is a real thing. 
um, that there are more people in this industry than there were before, probably. So there should be some form of filtering, I think, if not gatekeeping. Um, so I think there's that element of it where, I mean, like what? It was like President Biden was like telling people to learn how to code. That was like his like suggestion to America or something like that. You know, so that was, um, you know, there's definitely an influx happening. Uh, there should be some sort of filter. But at the same time, um, I know that I've, you know, I had somebody who was like a recruiter the other day from like Hulu or, you know, like some contracting for Hulu or Twitter or something like that being like trying to demean me because I went to a non-traditional coding uh, learning path. You know, they were saying, you know, like, how could you be asking for what you're asking for? How could you be asking for uh, this much money, even though this is how much I knew my friends got paid uh, at these companies? You know, you own, you went to, you know, this school. Was that their negotiating tactic to keep your salary asked down to berate I you? guess, I guess so. I got to try that on the recruiters. It's really gross. It was really gross. Um, and I think that they're going to keep, um, you know, it's, I think that they're, they don't want people to ask for more. And this is one way of doing it is by being like, oh, well, these newcomers, we can try to take advantage of them more because they don't know their worth, which is something that's been happening for a long time. So maybe more than gatekeeping, or is it if it's a form of gatekeeping, it's almost like ghettoization or siloing people is maybe how Also, you can it. make yourself look better, right? I mean, if you reject more people in interviews, it almost yeah, Like has a Harvard a, effect, sure. Right. Although at the same time, bringing in more people at the beginning of their career journey would make experienced people more valuable, right? Proportionally. Absolutely. So depending on how you look at it, it could be good to get a whole bunch of newbies into the industry. That's my hiring strategy. But the problem is to save money, I keep firing, you know, the oldies. And for whatever reason, we're not moving faster. And I don't understand why, because I keep throwing more bodies at the problem. And, you know, because they're new, you can pay them less. It's not working. My MBA didn't prepare me for this. You clearly haven't thrown enough bodies. That's what I'm saying. I upped the budget, so we'll hire maybe like 10, 20 more uh, developers. And I love boot camps. Don't get me wrong. You can definitely exploit them like you were saying. So I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan and a big proponent of them. And um, there's a certain search engine company I know that I think pays for uh, people to start taking coding classes now, or they have like a certification program. And my theory is their end goal is so they can hire these people for cheap, kind of like yes. a, a reverse gatekeeping sort of thing. Yeah, it's like, uh, I, I agree with what uh, uh, Gil Bates was saying. I, I think that is the the ultimate goal is basically if they can train people effectively in their own sector and take them from X to Y, they can A, pay them less, but then they can also B, uh, drive down the price of labor ultimately is the goal, right? I'm curious what you guys think. I have spoken to engineering managers who have told me over dinner one-on-one -on -one, that they believe there is just certain genetic construction in people's head that make them better at solving spatial problems. Now, I mean, maybe there is 
maybe there is some research on that, but I don't think we should assume there is without it in front of us. So is there maybe not even acting consciously in one owns um, interests, but is it possible there's just sort of junk ideas out there that only certain people can do this? I think that's absolutely true. Um, I encounter, I do a lot of mentoring and I encounter uh, that, that particular, and I, I'm talking a little bit too much, so if more people want to talk, please do. But, um, you know, I, I encounter this idea in people's head a lot that, you know, because they are currently struggling, they're not good enough uh, to, um, uh, they're not good enough to be successful. Um, when really they're just experiencing the same sort of uh, permutation of, or of curve that exists in order to, um, in order to become, I'm uh, being taunted by messages while I'm talking right now. They're asking me if I call my mentees blockers or blockheads. No, thank you very much. My mentees are tokens on the blockchain. Thank you very much. That's what they are. They are tokens. Everybody I mentor who is a non-traditional coder who's coming into the industry is a token person. Thank you very much. Um, so, uh, Chinese, um, Chinese, I kind of like that, uh, though I suppose that sort of delves into what we were discussing before in terms of the nebulous space between, uh, a crypto NFT meetup and the dungeon beneath the crypto NFT meetup where we all use, uh, uh, hash IDs in order to identify each other and wear LED lights with with the black lights on it's uh, sort of like a modern day eyes wide shut if you will it seems like there is a never-ending revolving door of people trying to bring eugenicism back i don't think mm. all of them necessarily know that they're bringing eugenicism back but i think a lot of them do and are arguing in bad faith hoping to get people on board the eugenicism and white supremacy train yeah it seems people who have no necessarily hard evidence that they are the genetic superiors it's just sort of they're assuming that grouping people into a larger group of have-nots and a small group of haves will somehow benefit them but i don't know if they've all consciously thought through how that would really shake out i mean yeah don't get me wrong some of the nerds down in engineering they're they're great um can't hold a conversation for shit but they're great and i have tried myself to learn and at first, yeah, it's difficult. It's a it's a different way of thinking. But that doesn't mean that, you know, only certain people can do it. You practice it enough, you know, it can click. And even if it doesn't click, right, like, there's a difference between doing it for a living and doing it recreationally. And I think anyone can do it recreationally. Anyone can learn how to code. There's no mental component. You don't even have to be good at math. You can pick it up. Thank goodness I don't need to be good at math. I still hate math. Uh, I would also say that um, uh, I agree with what's been said here. Um, uh, there's also uh, uh, opportunities in coding for many different kinds of tasks, which I think this kind of um, doesn't really take into account. Uh, people who are focused on more front-end tasks or design-oriented tasks use a different part of their brain uh, often than people who are just working on sort of a back-end computational task. Uh, the programming's a, a wide spectrum of, of things. Um, so yeah, it's, um, I think it's that sort of thinking that there is this sort of person 
who is the best person or this, you know, born 10x engineer, I think is uh, deleterious. So I'm not trying to put any words in your mouth at all. But I think some people have a slightly different version of what you just said, and they would hear their own belief confirmed that front end people are different. And that if, oh, you're a visual person, well, you could never write server code. You wouldn't understand how Kubernetes works. Ah, uh, yes. Meanwhile, joke's on them. No one understands how Kubernetes yes. works. Um, I have heard this before. Yes. Uh, uh, I think that that's, um, you know, uh, it's a, I think that dynamic is toxic. I think that dynamic also exists, though, in restaurants. You know, there's the people in the front of house and the people in the back of house. The people in the and the, the people cooking the food think that they're better than the people who are serving the food. The people who are serving the food are getting tips, but the people who are in the back maybe get the recognition for the restaurant, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You're telling me there's nerd on nerd crime that happens yeah, nerd on nerd here. Crime. That's ridiculous. Y'all write code like you got you got devs gatekeeping devs for like newbies versus, you know, senior engineers. And now you got front end, back end devs gatekeeping each other. Next, you're going to tell me that product owners do no work and there's gatekeeping there as well. It's kind of ridiculous if you ask me. This is this is mind blowing. Maybe I should pay attention to those HR training videos they sent me. Is there anything we could do as individual contributors to discourage bad forms of gatekeeping? We can become managers and then buy a house no. and then, um, I don't know. Sorry. I mean, I, that's a very practical suggestion, but Christ, have you ever been one? Uh, no, I have not been. I've, I, I, yeah, I think correct. I managed a couple interns once upon a time. You know, question for a separate topic, but why are women managers? It's called manager, right? It's, I just don't get this whole liberal agenda, if you ask me. It's cancel culture. Cancel culture. Out of control. We should cancel gatekeeping. I will I will be on that side. Every few months on social media, there's a wave of, actually more like every few weeks, there's a wave of front-end code is programming or this was my background and I got a job or something like that. And I don't know if these waves of proactive comments are doing anything. I imagine that sometimes they may be comforting to people new to the field, but if they have to happen every other week, how effective are they? Hmm. Now, I got a question, though. Do you think the culture of gatekeeping is sort of brought on by recruiters and talent acquisition people bringing on bad developers? So that, you know, the more what we consider talented developers might just be regular dudes. But because they've dealt with so much bad code and bad developers, you know, maybe it's one of those, like, there's just a lot of trash out there. Yes and no. Well, I don't know how much say recruiters have in the wish list of things that companies are looking for when hiring a developer. But that said, I do think that they probably play a part in driving terminology like rock stars and ninjas yeah. and other 
perhaps not quite descriptive or even orientalist terms to try and make their job listings exciting? Well, you know, recruiting is its whole own thing, but they do have the ability to push back on their clients, which they don't necessarily exert. And they do have a financial incentive to not push back, I guess. So it's not that it comes from them, but they sort of are enablers of bad employer behavior. Yes, my understanding is the majority of recruiters only expect to work at their employer for a set period of time before deciding that they've done all that they can in terms of recruiting at that particular company, and then they move on to their next target. Hmm. So I have seen some work hard to affect change, but I'm not sure how typical or feasible that is on average. Well, it's my understanding that the turnover in the sales industry in general is astronomical. Um, So for any one person with ethics to make a difference, you'd have to be around longer than six months for that likely to even happen, and most people aren't. Then again, what's, what's the turnover rate for developers, particularly these days too? Pretty high, right? Extremely high. Uh, that's not even including the people who just want to like quit to go, you know, live in, uh, I don't know, Costa Rica or something like that. And, you know, I don't know, like uh, make a, a cool tree house. There's the data on turnover. I don't know about the data, but I know between the seven houses that I choose to uh, work from, I don't know why more people don't do it. Yeah. Why do people keep choosing to be poor? It's weird. Just don't be. Just buy your way out of it. That's what I did. Idiot. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Just get a loan from your dad, interest-free, like I did. Like everyone does, right? Like everyone does. Just talk to your local hot Richard. That's my plan for tonight. I, I don't know if we're going to solve this one, uh, guys, but I do think that the issues that we brought up were good issues around uh, gatekeeping, around uh, turnover, uh, how to affect this, the sort of, um, what do you call it, uh, um, stakeless nature of it, that there is, there we can identify issues, but there are no stakeholders, essentially. There's nobody who wants to institutionally change these places and will stay. If you do, if they would do a good job of institutionally changing this, even at a beginning, they would probably get recruited to someplace else that wanted to attempt to do this for more money. There's also a cycle of abuse, right? If you're gatekept, maybe you're more likely to gatekeep yourself. Right. Yes, generally two two schools of thought. Do you step on people as you climb or pull them up with you? I do well, think people that... who question the decisions of management in tech don't climb up, right? It depends on what you look like. Hmm. I would say that gatekeeping ties into a larger attitude or outlook on the diversity of the tech industry. And one way that people can help, especially if they are well represented in the tech industry, would be to speak up immediately and publicly if they see something inappropriate happening in a public situation rather than waiting to talk to the victim afterwards and express their frustration only to that person. Or they could be quiet and be happy that it didn't happen to them, which is usually what happens. Right. Are you too busy crushing it to leave your chair and get food? 
Are you sick of tipping delivery people? Well, hold on to your mechanical keyboard, because we have the solution for you. The authentic Mexican flavor of flavors by caffeinated nacho bites, now in a meal replacement shake. Fuck yeah! Now you can just pop off the top of a bottle of flavor spike caffeinated nacho flavored meal replacement shake and get hacking! No more grumbly stomach pain to distract from banging out that new feature. And you'll be super pumped when the flavor spike caffeine cheaters kick back in, just as you've come to depend on. Fuck, fuck yeah! Coming soon, flavor spike caffeinated nacho flavored fiber supplements. Warning. Do not consume flavor spike caffeinated nacho flavored meal replacement shakes without significant doses of fiber. Doing so may lead to diarrhea, dehydration, or death. According to the FDA, the flavor spike caffeinated nacho flavored meal replacement shake does not classify as a food. Fuck, fuck, fuck yeah! Well, I would say from my own experience, I've been in a position to influence hiring behaviors that I see as potentially exclusive. Not in a um, explicitly racist or culturist way, but practices practices that would obviously filter out people who might be very productive. And I found the the attitude of having standard practices questioned sometimes is bewilderment. This is the way we've always done it. Just do it the way we've always done it. Why are you making us think about this? So maybe I'm a shitty advocate then, or I'm not, I haven't figured out the political game of how to tell people they're totally wrong and make it feel like it's their idea. But yeah, I mean, I've found as a white male, spoiler alert, if you didn't know, like a ghost, I'm not denying the existence of privilege, but even for me, or maybe it's just me individually that I'm not very good at talking to people. They just don't want to hear it. Like, Oh, there's a problem out there. People are suffering from it. Eh. I got a meeting in five minutes. We'll circle back on it. Yeah. It's a good yeah. call out. Or yeah, the, the old em- embrace and extinguish. Sure. Yeah. Let's bring that up at the next meeting. What are you going to bring up? Oh, I don't remember what you're talking about. Speaking of yeah, unfortunately, we don't have time to uh, continue this conversation, but we'll set up a next meeting and we'll, uh, mm-hmm. we'll talk about it then. Why don't you put this in part of your annual goals? That's great. Mm-hmm. Message me offline. We'll talk about it. Yeah. I mean, I do feel for people who are in management positions because as my brief experience there, there's a lot of pressure. So sometimes you do need to triage crises. But that said, is if all your managers, who are the people who have the most power to do things better, are in constant triage mode, things aren't going to change much. Perhaps that's part of the strategy as well. I mean, overwork, uh, giving somebody so much work that they can sort of barely function is... Yeah, exhausted uh, people have a hard time advocating for themselves, you're saying? Correct, yes. Great. This is turning another one of those episodes where it's really depressing at the end. I'm sorry. I I, I... No, it's my fault, really. It's, it's all me. Speaking of circling back, I'd like to revisit something that Gil Bates said earlier about old and new developers. I don't think he was talking about age, but ageism is another factor of gatekeeping that I don't see talked about often, except from people who would be categorized as old. So it seems like it is gatekeeping that exists, but it's more invisible than, say, keeping white women out of a certain company or field. Right. I guess when you 
you maybe is it more noticeable to look into a room, you know, in the kitchen full of LaCroix and to see that all the faces are made of certain profile than to realize that everyone's under 35 when I guess you're conditioned to expect everyone to be under 35 anyway? There's also not a lot of nuance in the gatekeeping conversation. For example, one statement that is often said is that Asian men don't count as diverse because right. they are overrepresented in the field. However, I believe there are statistics that show as you go higher and higher, Asians of all genders have a harder time moving up the ladder. So mm. to say that they're overrepresented is flattening the context of the situation. Right. It's a silencing technique. Now I'm depressed. For-profit companies, I don't necessarily have a philosophical problem with them existing, but should they be in charge of technology? Well, technology is an accelerator, right? And so if your only motive is to make as much money as possible, and you're using technology to accelerate those goals, what is the likelihood of you doing Right. what is good for society? Well, I think we all know what is good for society. I, we know a, a place where no one is in charge of the technology. We know a place where everyone is in charge of the, the technology. The utopia, the solution that we're looking for, you all, is obviously in the cloud. It's a, it's a, we could, instead of having these uh, strange human rules, we could create DAOs for every situation, decentralized autonomous organizations that make decisions using machine learning. Um, I mean, uh, this way, there is no uh, bias. Of course, that is, of course, unless the people who created these systems, of course, were of a particular type of gender and ethnicity and then baked in all their biases into the creations of all these things. But such a thing would be absolutely uh, unimaginable. Oh, that's ridiculous. So, yes. Would never happen. People's attitudes about life making their way into the technology, that's, I mean, that's a bizarre idea. That are you gatekeeping ideas now? They're not allowed to enter tech either? It's a heavy accusation. Should we gatekeep Taylor Swift fans more than we do now? Should we keep them in or keep them out? Are they being gatekept right now? Is the gate that they're facing the gate that leads them to the concert? Is that the, is that the gate? I've met a lot of Swifties in tech. Well, I remember reading... I think it was a few years ago, Apple completely switched their code base to Swift. So Tay-Tay's making a... Uh, achieved. Yeah, there you go. Well, I guess to wrap it up on this discussion of gatekeeping, is there any hope for the gate to get a little bit easier to pass? And not just easier to pass, but the the right people can come in? Not in the future timeline I'm from. Soon, the majority... Like, the uh, more jobs will be tech jobs. Um, that's the way that we're going. And so more people will be needed. And so more people will be brought in. There will just be consist continuing siloization and, uh, you know, placing people in different places, you know, being like, you're a level one tech worker. And, you know, and it's like, hey, we already have this, but it's going to be even worse. And it's going to be some sort of like, you know, uh, rock, paper, scissors type situation uh, among the thousands and thousands of tech employees. I mean, have you seen how much a developer costs? Like, 
you know, while we as we I use we lightly as developers might gatekeep each other, um, I don't want to be associated with you guys. But oh, yeah. as uh, as developers gatekeep each other, you know, these CEOs like myself, we're going to find ways to reduce costs. That means reverse gatekeeping in a way. We want anyone to be able to come in and write code or even stop writing code altogether, automate the future away. So as weird as it sounds, maybe the hope for gatekeeping is greedy CEOs. Someday I would like to hear how you balance out your greed for cheaper developers with your racist and preconceived notions about overseas developers. I'm not going to answer that because my lawyer told me not to. <laughs> it's a good lawyer. Okay. Who wants to speak the final word on gatekeeping? Um, okay, I'll say the final word on gatekeeping, which is, once again, there is no gate to investing in cryptocurrency. Right now, you could get some ETH, you could get some Bitcoin, you can get some Litecoin, you can get some Doge if you really want. You could go and get a uh, uh, some sort of uh, bored ape, if that's what uh, tickles your fancy. And uh, just uh, send that over to... Um, to uh, fight the war for you. Um, that is what is uh, right now um, uh, changing the world. And so there is no gate there. Just uh, just uh, come join us in the uh, exclusive community of crypto investors. The exclusive, inclusive community. For my last words, I would like to point you to my first words from my introduction for this episode. How recursive. This is rough and makes me want to be a better person. So I'm going to go attend some diversity training. <laughs> Put an hour of diversity training, everything will be fixed, right? Yeah, trip on your yacht will make you feel better. <laughs> Thank you. Exactly. I'm going to, I'll see you boys in uh, Ibiza. <laughs> well, nothing like a war of aggression to get the crypto people excited. Thank you so much for coming to our discussion on gatekeeping. I bid you all good day. The Council of the Wise Developers is a satire podcast focused on technology. Our goal is to first make you laugh, but also to make you question what you already think. That means we may give you cognitive dissonance. Feel free to disparage us on your favorite social meds. If we do give you cognitive dissonance, but you think this turns out to be a negative and not a positive, leave us some feedback on councilofthewise.dev. We intend to carefully consider feedback from our subscribers and may address concerns in future episodes. Also, special thanks to freepd.com for supplying us with public domain music. Much of the music on the podcast comes from freepd.com.